if someone's bullying me, I was always, I feel sorry for them more, is how I try to twist it. And that's a really mature way of looking at it. I'm like, fuck off, I hate you. (laughs) Don't try and speak to me, ever. I'm Davina. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to Fierce Slay Talk. A decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond. Whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? Hello, everybody. For all of you wondering what it would be like to have your life story play out on stage or screen, it's a dream that seems a far cry from reality. But for one lucky northern lad, (laughs) the wish was granted. Today's guest is Jamie Campbell, a.k.a. Phoebe LaTrue from the BBC Three documentary, Jamie, Drag Queen at 16, which inspired the hit West End show, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Hi, Jamie, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm so good. It's so lovely to see you. And you're doing well? Mm-hmm, yeah, very well. Been working away. Uh, okay, okay. Well, because we're in lockdown at the moment, aren't we? So, like, you know, most of us are... Taking what would ordinarily be called a sabbatical, but um, for me, it's just being a lazy bitch. <laughs> oh, you've been you've been busy. You've been as busy as you could, but you can be anyway. Jamie, where <laughs> are you, by the way? Because I know where you're from, but like, where where do you live now? I am staying with my mum in County Durham at the <gasps> moment. So, How are you? Yes, okay. I'm in her bedroom right now. Oh my god! Oh, nice. You're in Mama's boudoir. Yes, Mama's boudoir. It's been glorious. She's got loads of purples and sequins. Love that. Yes, come on, interior decor. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> Is she going to say hello? Like, after watching the documentary, I'm like, I really want a hug from his mum. Yeah, she's so lovely. She is. She's just at work at the moment because she does Samaritans, so she's just there on the phone. Oh, bless her. Oh, my goodness. Isn't she? Yeah, it's amazing. But, I mean, it must be hard. Like, she comes in and she's like, I just need to rub it all at the door. But Oh, my God. She becomes even nicer. You find out she works for the Samaritans and you go, Exactly, exactly. No, she is. She's an angel. But you know, whenever I meet people or speak to people, it's always, oh, where's your mum? Oh, we'd love to see your (laughs) mum, Jamie. No one ever says that about me or to her about me. (laughs) You're the young Jack Whitehall now, because all anybody ever wants to see is his dad. Yeah, literally. (laughs) We'll just change it to everybody's talking about Margaret and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That could be a sequel. You said it now. You said it. Is it is it true? Has it really been nine years? Has it really been nine years, Jamie, since the documentary? Yeah. Yeah. Can you oh, not nice. see by my eyes? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you look that different, if I'm totally honest with you. Thank you. <laughs> but of course, I only got to see it recently. But I mean, if anybody hasn't seen it, just can you let us know what, what the documentary is actually about? So I was 16 at the time, 2011. It was a bit of a different place to how it is now. And I wanted to go to prom in drag. So at 16, I wanted to tell people in the most extravagant way that I could think of. And 
at 16 it was prom um so I just decided to do it um but the teachers heard and said if they weren't going to let me I've said this so many times and just so anyway basically I end up going to prom in drag and get an incredible reaction from my peers that I didn't expect and yeah it's just a general amazing time really Oh, it was fantastic. I'm so I'm gutted they didn't let the camera crew in. Like that would have been fantastic just to capture those last bits. And my friend had a little had it on her phone, but yeah, they weren't yeah. they weren't gonna let them in, were they? <laughs> well, like what a great ending though. What a great ending. So obviously you go through when when you've originally done your first drag performance, at that point, before that performance, you're kind of going, Oh well, maybe it's not the best idea because somebody at school has has obviously said something. And then that really gave you that confidence to go, no, actually, I can do this. And and sort of completely changed your mind and went full circle and went, no, we're on. We're doing this. Yeah, um, I mean, there was a lot of ups and downs on the way. There was a lot of, no, I can't do this. Mum, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But I had to. I had to. And honestly, it was the best decision I ever yeah. made. You'd have been devastated if you didn't do that. I know. But I would have been so unhappy otherwise. And I just wanted to do it and I bought the dress so I mean she needed showing off I mean come on Northern Lass I've spent my money I'm bloody going in it that's it that's (laughs) it (laughs) (laughs) but how did you end up because I mean I remember our I mean I'm a lot older than you a full 10 years older than you aren't I so kind of how old are you 25 are you really? Oh my god, I'm even older than that. Okay, so I'm, I'm a lot older, older than, than you. So, I'm told you, will I? I'm only a few years older than oh you. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm fuming. Um, so I like our end of year like leavers do. Um, I went in a suit. It was like the most uncomfortable I've ever felt in my life. I hate wearing a suit. I just hate it. I cannot stand it. I feel oh, like I I'm, love wearing a suit. You know, like a a trussed up chicken. Awful. <laughs> and then I remember, like, the teachers said to me, oh, we were, we were, like, expecting and kind of worried that you were going to turn up in, like, a crop top and a leather pair of trousers. And I was like, I really wish I had. Like, I wish I had done that because I would have felt so much more comfortable. I don't know that I would have been comfortable going in drag. So what was your, like, what was the journey between going, okay, there's going to be a prom. I should go in drag. You know, what was your kind of introduction to drag as a thing? Because I don't think I, you know, for me, as an 18, 16, 17, 18 year old, drag for me was like uh, Panto Dame. You know, that was my kind of, that's where drag is. So what was your introduction into drag? Yeah, my introduction into drag was actually, I was about seven years old and my mum and dad were actually still together and we were on holiday in Lanzarote or somewhere and there was a drag act on uh, called Silk Stockings and they were like, the do you know Silk Stockings? Honestly. Okay, carry on. Right. You carry on and then I'll tell you. <laughs> no, literally, I'm obsessed. <laughs> like, I loved it and I was like seven and I was just mesmerised by it and then um, I made my mum and dad take me like, on our last night as well so we had to watch it again but no yeah they were amazing and that was the introduction I just loved it it was all so glamorous and so over the top and I just thought their costumes were amazing and like there was that whole old schoolness yeah absolutely so I worked out in Ibiza for two years 
And the drag act that our act had, I mean, pretty much been ripped off from was Silk Stockings. <laughs> I hadn't made the show. Like, it was somebody else's show who'd bought all the costumes and all of that stuff. And that was, like, my first proper drag job, you know, like, long-term, here's a contract, was in Ibiza. And it was basically a knockoff of their show. <laughs> That's awful, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, if you can't knock them off, who can you? Like, how amazing. Like. I mean, they were quite a lot older than, than I was. And... Um, they were there the first year that I was, but then I think in between, one of them had a heart attack because they were quite a lot older, you know, and they'd they'd been working for a long, long time. So they weren't there the second year. Um, but that's amazing that you met that, you know, these weird little inter- interlinking things. That's so funny. Oh, my God. So do you remember the first time you ever put a dress and heels on? Was it after that? Was it from the silk stockings? Or was it before that? You know what? I don't... I can't remember the first ever time because, I mean, my childhood was basically that. Like, whenever I could, <laughs> I would. Like, whenever Dad was out, like, she'd get me Mum's dressed gown <laughs> on and she'd tie it round. And, you know, the towels on the heads, like, we're all a little mermaid, you know. Like, <laughs> so, no, I can't actually really remember the First, first time. What was... So I had, like, two pieces of iconic clothing that were in the dressing-up box as a kid. So the first was my mum bought me these pair of silver heels, which had a diamante bow on them. And I remember being, like, four, standing and watching the bonfire, because we always had a bonfire in our garden for bonfire night, standing in the garden in these silver shoes with these diamante bows, which, incidentally, like... Actually, the ruby slippers were silver, so they look they looked just like the ruby slippers, but silver. So they would have been like the actual slippers. Anyway, that and then I had this um, leopard print, like bodycon kind of dress, which had this gold edging around it, and it was that kind of it wasn't nice edging, but it looked nice. But then on your skin, it was like you know that scratchy, plasticky. Uh, and it had a split in it as well. So this leopard print split dress. So what was like your icon? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was for. So what was your like iconic? This is, this is the thing. Piece of clothing. Yeah, it was probably this dress. I wish I had it here, but I'm, it's with my drag stuff in Sheffield. Like it's this most aggressive. 80s print dressing gown. I'll send you a picture of it, like, when we're done with this. Like, it's so bright and so in your face. And, yeah, I love it. I, Fifi's worn it out so many times as well, um, like, as an adult. I just, that was the one. That was what I went to. And she, she had a few swishy gowns and stuff, but uh-huh. I mean, it's not like she wears them very often. So she used to always be like, oh, what, what are those horrible things that you're wearing? What are you, what are you borrowing with that for? But, no, that dressing gown. It'll be in a museum one day. Probably. <laughs> let's, so let, let's go, sorry, apart from the drag thing, go all the way back, back, like, to when you were 14 and you came out in the middle of an English class. Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. It? Most of us don't want to be asked to read out loud and you're just like, guess what, guys? <laughs> 
I was always a bit gobby anyway, and it was I was getting called gay anyway, and yeah, we were in English class, and we were having a discussion about it, and everyone was like, shouting crap, and then I just stood up and was like, yeah, some people just need to realise that some people are gay, and that's okay, and then they were like, so are you saying you're gay then, Jamie, and then I was like, no, and then sat down. <laughs> Actually, actually, everybody, I am. Yes, I am. And they were like, oh, all right. <laughs> Perfect. You had to do it. You had to make a performance of some sort. Of course. It just comes naturally. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But there was no point of hiding. And I mean, I wouldn't say that it, like, stopped the bullying or made it any... It just sort of made it easier to defend because... I mean, people call him a gay as an insult. It's like, it's not really an insult. You're just stating facts, really. So it was easier just to be a bit gob off back at them. Which is a really queer thing to do anyway. Like, take what people are saying as an insult or something to hurt you and flip it on itself and own the power in that. You know, so amazing. All power to you. <laughs> yes, yeah, girl, facts, yes. <laughs> So... When the teachers for prom, when they said to you, if you turn up in drag, we're not going to let you in. Um, you, were you worried about like your safety going in drag or did a thought cloud about how to make it more safe? And was bringing a film crew in, was that part of the 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 impetus for that to kind of make this idea more safe for you yeah that's totally where the film crew came from um originally because it was all just a random it all just came from a conversation that me and mum were having and then we were just brainstorming for safety and we got got film crew if we had a film crew nobody would want to beat me up if there was a film crew there so that was how they all got involved but like i mean on the day of prom i think it was just a matter of go for it I mean, that is a real leap, though, to go from, okay, I'm going to go in drag. How do I make it more safe? I mean, I could write letters to people. I could say that I'm really excited about it. I could just tell people, fuck that. I'm going to get a film crew. Mm. <laughs> That's how my brain works, you know. <laughs> Nothing by half measures. <laughs> but no, I, I, I did. Honestly, that's where it came from. And I'm... Glad it did, because I don't know what would have happened. Because I, I do think this, I'm like, what would the reaction have been like if the film crew hadn't been there? Like, would people still have been as positive, maybe? Yeah, I wonder. That's that would that's really interesting, actually, to, to even think about that. That's just coming, like, literally then when I've been thinking about it there. Like, okay, But like... it's true, though, isn't it? It's, the, it's that perception. If you look to today, where people will... F if, if they come into an altercation with a police officer, they'll film it on their phone because no one wants to be seen or like this. So, so yeah, absolutely. Like, nobody wants to be seen to be homophobic or to, to be, you know, like... Uh, not racist, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I mean? But basically, basically to just to, to, um, to tell people that they can't do what they... You know, be themselves. Which is amazing. So, yeah. You were you yeah. were bringing a whole film crew as your mobile phone. <laughs> Before I was even That's filming stuff on my phone, I don't think my phone had a camera back then. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I mean, ev ev everyone was for you, definitely. I remember watching it and thinking like, at the point where you were like, oh, maybe we won't go. I was like, no, you can't not go. I was like, you have to go, you have to go. <laughs> like yeah, I was getting far too into it. Sorry, it was like watching a football game. 
<laughs> but no, my mom was gonna kill like, me. Like, she was like, you should have seen when the cameras weren't on. She was like, you're going, Jamie. Like, you can't do <laughs> this. You've come so far now. Trust me. <laughs> For sure. What did, you you had um struggle? You struggled to find the prom dress. I understand. Um, were people made it difficult for you to try things on? Yeah, cause, so we were looking around all of like the northeast basically at the time for all of like the proper prom dress shops and to see if we could come in and try something on. <laughs> so, and so what he means by that is House of Fraser on Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> No, House of Fraser, Dan. We kind of thought House of Fraser. Like... <laughs> oh, they just always have. A, they just always have a nice Christmas window, don't they? <laughs> no, we don't. So, like, I love. We, we were talking about this the other day, David. It was the first, Newcastle's the first place I ever went to where I saw a doorman at Greg's. Yeah, and just like what? <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever seen. Listen, you could do a lot of damage with one of them bread rolls in there can you really can you really can so sorry i was thinking about steak bakes the dress the dress jamie the dress <laughs> no but greg's are so much more important <laughs> <laughs> no it actually ended up coming from china the prom dress believe it or not i did okay. get one i got a red dress from that shop but the other one ended up coming from china she was a sherry hill knockoff well, that's all okay. right. We all like a knockoff every now and again. <laughs> it was great. It was a great dress. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go for something classy and elegant. So I go through a go through for another black go for a see through black dress. Like, <laughs> oh, it was Why great. Not? It was absolutely great. And look back, it was, was, that that it was going to be a big puffy like gypsy pink wedding dress type thing that that was the option but i was like no we'll go for the classy look no you need to go classy definitely yeah because you kind of need to steer away from that kind of pantomime dame thing because otherwise it starts to look a bit like just it's it, this is just for fun and this is not who i am whereas the point of this was this is who who i am as as a person and you know you want to look the best you can be for sure don't you um, and obviously you're so back to your mum um like oh it just like it warms my heart when i think about your mom she's just like dead cute um like what obviously she was she was there through that whole time and what was she like when you first came out what was it like telling her that well i came out and told her that i thought i was bisexual um and then she was like no you're not like, no you're not you get <laughs> we've always known i mean she knew like I mean, I was running around in fairy wings and a tutu from like five. So like, she sort of knew that I was. But no, she was always there for me, supportive. And it was just all very, like, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I have to ask, sorry, do you have a relate? Do you have a relationship with your dad currently? No. No, I've okay. not heard from him. <gasps> Oh. Gosh, so you so didn't at, even. At all, no. You don't know whether he knew you were filming the documentary. You don't know whether he's seen it. You don't know any of that stuff. Because I don't think he was happy about the documentary. But since like everything else has took off, I've literally not heard a thing. So I don't know if he knows. But then it's like it's a small town. Someone would have told him. Yeah, I know. But I just don't know why he's not said anything. Or like I don't know. 
Yeah. What what more can, what more can you do than get a West End show written about you? <laughs> it's like, look, mate, I'm trying. I mean, <laughs> what I'm more do you want? <laughs> 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 yeah. Very that. I mean, you know, because from the documentary, you've inspired Jamie New, who's the the lead in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. So how is how is that for you? seeing your story being because it's not exactly you know whenever anything gets put on stage it's not exactly what happened so how is it seeing your story being kind of crafted into a piece of theater do you know what it is a complete mind fuck are we allowed to swear on it yeah absolutely fucking hell (laughs) (laughs) no obviously it's amazing and i love the production but yeah it's not me 100 percent. and we were always told that from the get-go it's an interpretation of what i did so he's not me but then it is weird when you're like sat there watching something and it's all jamie this jamie that and like And you sort of come blur lines a little bit, I think I've found. And I sort of find myself like living in the light of Jamie New almost. And I mean, I've overcome it a lot, but like along this whole journey, it's not just been like, oh, this is all amazing. Like it has messed with me a little bit. Mm. But like now I've sort of got to the point where I'm just like, no, it is. It is amazing, and I don't need to live up to Jamie New, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Like, I I was setting all of this pressure on myself to, like, live up to this, like, perfect role model that's Jamie New on stage, and all singing, dancing, witty, perfect all the time, and I'm not, I've got a lot more to offer than just what Jamie New has, and that's what I've learned. Like, I'm not just that theatre show. And it's been a journey getting to it. But, like, I was putting all my worth on that rather than just focusing on me as a person being more. Like, we we have talked about this, though, a little bit about... Because Jamie and I have worked together. I I mean, we probably should have said this at the beginning. We've had a little bit of experience in each other uh, professionally. Um, And we have, like, talked a bit about this you know, previously, and I said, like, you just need to find your power because that's what it is. You know, what is it that makes you powerful? Because you're amazing. And it's it's that. And I think um, that would be the, if it was me in your position, I think that would be the most difficult thing is finding what is it that makes me, me and not this show, you know? Um so I, I think I can totally understand how that's a really difficult uh, journey to go on. It must be incredibly hard. What what I was going to say, so to, to what's different about you and to a lot of people that have had stage shows written about themselves is most people have sort of had their lives and had their careers and it's being done in this kind of very autobiographical way uh, or biographical way. But yours... You haven't even started your life yet. And all of a sudden you kind of like you're exploring yourself as well as seeing yourself play out in in a parody of yourself on stage. So that must be sort of slightly different to, I don't know, being an older actor who's like, you know, um, sort of sitting there watching himself and the kind of all the stuff that has factually happened. Whereas you're like, okay, well, I'm still trying to work out what I'm going to be. So am I going to be like that or am I going to be slightly different to that? Or is is, is that who I am or not? Or do I have to now be like that? Because I've kind of agreed this, you know, so that must be really hard. 
No, that that's it. And I mean, it's it, and that's always my head's always spinning like that. But and that has been it basically. Yeah. And I mean, it's like I am. I'm 25 now and stuff. And then it's like your baby. You've had your name in lights. You've got this film coming out. You've got the musical and something. It's like where I was always like, ah, but I haven't done that. Like all of that was done by a big, massive team of amazing people and. People were always coming up to me being like, oh, congratulations for doing this. And I'm like, felt like I hadn't really done anything, even though lots yeah. of other people had. But I guess I did do it. Like, obviously, I did do it. But, like, I don't know. I was just comparing that to myself a lot yeah. and comparing myself to these, like, really professional theatre actors and stuff. And, like, I wasn't really in the theatre world before, like, any of this came about. I mean, I could barely afford theatre tickets, so I used to just get them every mm. now and again. So I was put into this world and I was comparing myself to all these amazing, talented individuals and my talents are different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? For sure. They, um, how well did you get to know all the guys that were playing like you? Well, not... I mean, I wouldn't say we're like busy, busy best friends on the phone all the time, but like when we see each other, it's nice. And like we do go for coffees and stuff like that. Um... Yeah, they're all amazing. They're all really, really nice. And I love each one of the Jamies. Like, they've all got their own different flair on it. And I mean, we've even got South Korean Jamies now. Like, it's like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) So what is that like, seeing it transfer to other places as well? madness complete madness it's like when it was happening i was like this is going because we were in lockdown so we were like literally Mm. locked it in i'm like on the other side of the world there is literally all of this going on but like seeing it all come through it was amazing how they've still managed to like keep the essence of the real show and what it was all about but then they've still got their own slick twists and stuff on it um no, it's really, really nice. And it is interesting to see, because, like, K-pop and stuff is so big over there, and it's such a different culture. But, yeah. like, it is working. And I've had a lot of messages from people over in South Korea being like, oh, thank you for this. This is so needed. And, like, <gasps> this is just what I want, it just to go wherever it's needed. Like, people are always to me like, oh, can you wait until it goes to Broadway? And I'm like, yeah, obviously, that would be amazing. But, like, I'm more excited for when it like, gets to doing, like, the school productions. Uh, I, I want to see kids putting on this show rather than, like, maybe Cats or something like that. Like, I want to give that opportunity to tell that story and maybe give the Jamies who are in that school a chance to shine and do that role. And that's what I'm most excited for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. For sure, yeah. Because, I mean, you must have already, like, you must realise that that's already happening. Kind of in, in a way where everybody's being taken to the theatre and everyone who saw that documentary and every little Jamie and every little school hopefully sort of like gave them you know a bit of a boost and and it's kind of you know made people realize they can do pretty much anything that they want do, who, do you know who's playing you in the movie sorry in the uh, max harwood so he's where's my phone oh you're on it damn <laughs> i really need to google <laughs> oh wait i could just do it on my laptop can't i what am i doing max harwood oh i don't think i know him yeah, brand new. He's fresh. But honestly, I can't believe he did that. Like, to come fresh out of school and hold yeah. this whole film. Like, honestly, you want to see how big it is. Like, <laughs> with everything that they've got going on. Like, Disney and Fox and stuff involved. And all of it being held on his wow. shoulders. I was like, 
I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And he's he's smashed everything that I saw. So I'm really excited for you all yeah. to see it. And R- Richard E. Grant's in it. And if you know, if yes. you ever, if, if I do, I do love a posh old middle-aged person. And Rich D. Grant just epitomises it for me. It's <laughs> like swigging and spilling his drink because he talks to me like this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's kind of who I love. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> he is so fab. Uh, I loved meeting him. And honestly, jumping drag, I thought it was gorgeous. Gorgeous! She had a right transformation. He got into it far too easy. He said it was the first time he'd wore heels. I was like, really, Richard? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like, no way. smells like, bullshit. Bullshit! <laughs> Doesn't adjust. Doesn't adjust. So I know that, like, since, since for me, Drag Race... And, you know, other little bits and pieces. There's been all kinds of people coming out of the woodwork and being like, oh, remember this? Wasn't that great? So has there been anybody who was like at school that was like uh, not kind, like either a bully or like who has then crawled out of the woodwork to be like, oh, remember how we were such great friends? Well, there's not necessarily been any of the direct bullies on my Facebook or anything, but, like, some of the girls who would maybe, like, say a few shady comments and stuff of, like, like and comment on things and, like, oh, we're happy for you and stuff. And I'm just like, go on, girls. Knew you'd come round eventually. Ah! Oh, so you you let them in. You let them in. You're, you're welcoming. You're fine. How I sort of see it is, like, would these bullies do it now, necessarily? Because I always, I don't know whether it's the right way to do it or not, but I always try to sympathise with the bullies and be like, it's coming from a place where they're not happy and that's why they're projecting that onto me. So I sort of always, if someone's bullying me, it was always, I feel sorry for them more, is how I try to twist it. And that's a really mature way of looking at it. I'm like, fuck off, yeah. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. Don't try Always. and speak to me, oh, ever. We're, we're, we're very lucky in Manchester, but you will always get the odd gobshite. And generally, they have got a school uniform on. Yeah. If, yeah, I'm, if I'm totally honest with you. And, 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 and this is the thing, when you walk away from a situation, you're like, I should rise above this. I should be mature, just like you were just saying. And all I want to do is kick him in his little face. And yeah. like, this is the problem, isn't it? It's just like when someone says that, you also want to go, who do you think you are to, to say this? Yeah. But obviously that's not the way to go. <laughs> so it needs to be nice, yeah. But yeah, we're very lucky in Manchester. So Yeah, no, it's a great, great way of looking at it. If you were able to choose anybody to play you in the movie, you know, you're the casting director, you're in charge of it. Who would you have chosen to play you? Who would have been the, like, star that you wanted? Because obviously, Mr. Howard is going to be incredible and we love him and he's wonderful. But were you able to choose anybody at all? Who would it have been? I actually don't know. I always said I did want it to be somebody that was undiscovered um, because I wanted them to have that opportunity to have that light shed on them. 
I don't know. I don't 100% know. Do you know who I do sort of like, I thought would do quite a good job? Uh, Mark and Delicato, who was, um, who was Justin in Ugly Betty. Oh. Oh, yeah. That is a good shout. He was a very talented little guy. Yeah. And yeah, fit like, like, I'm loving his Instagram. Like, I don't mind. Oh! But that's who you would want. If you could pick any person who's already famous, that would be the person that you would choose. I don't know, because who would play, who could, who would play me, though? Because everyone's older, aren't they? Like, who's the young, skinny, like, blonde people? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm literally desperately Bear. trying to think, and it's like, I can't get, nothing's coming into my head. The, the, guy, the guy who did it on stage, Leighton, if I'm honest, like, I think he's fantastic choice for it. Because he, he was evidently a dancer in, um, in, uh, what's it called bad education so you could tell by the way that he'd done the the, the the bits that producers got him to do that he obviously had that talent there already so why did they decide to get a new person and not well because I mean we had John who was the first Jamie and then Leighton and then Noah came in when Leighton went on to do the tour um and then I don't know they just they held an open casting uh, I think they just maybe wanted someone younger you heard it here first. All of those boys are too old now. You're put out to pasture, darlings. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could get some on the camera, I suppose. But... Fame cousin, right here's where you start paying. <laughs> You're dead to me. Get out. <laughs> we're, we're just upset, Jamie, right? because we're we're upset because we're in our late thirties and then COVID hit, and we're like, these are the best years of our lives before I mean, we hit real. the dreaded, dreaded milestone, and this is how we're spending it, sat inside, <laughs> having a lovely time. Yeah, um, devastating. But you know what? I'm getting to chat to you, lovely people. So there are worse ways that I could. Well, be we've done my we've lockdown. done stuff in lockdown. Yeah, definitely. And you've done loads of drag exactly. Shows as well. Yeah, it's not like I, I mean, you know, I joke that I've been lazy. I haven't, uh, but I have slept a lot more than I normally do, which has been lovely. Oh. God, you were always like this. Like, that was what I got from you on tour. I was like, does she ever just chill out? Like. Yeah, no, very rarely. Something, she's still on her bra. She's doing, like, a storyboard for a music <laughs> video. She's shouting at someone on the phone who hasn't got t-shirts out. Like, she's on it constantly. No, I love it, David. I'm really inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've got so little time left. <laughs> you just got to get it all done, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? who, do, who do you think? So back to the uh, back to the who would play who? Who would play Davina? What in a film? Yeah. Um, you know, I'd like to say someone like Nicole Kidman, but that's ridiculous. So it more likely it'd be Sonia from EastEnders. <laughs> potentially, potentially. Are you going to keep the trombone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got to be done, hasn't uh, it? Uh, uh, uh. All right, come on. That can't be your answer. <laughs> so I'm the producer. I'm like, look, guess what? We're going to set this film. It opens in Calderdale. Okay. And then all of a sudden, and then, so we cut to Davina, silver dress, red wig. Yeah. Who's in the silver dress, red wig? Oh, who do I like? You know who I would, who I think would do a really good job? Ollie Alexander. Oh, that's such a good shout. 
Yes. I think Ollie yes. Alexander would do a really good job of, of being me. Because we yeah. both kind of, you know, at his age, I was obviously internationally renowned, famous. Everybody knew who I was. <laughs> Multi-million selling records. Um, but like, okay, so that's not real. But uh, like he just like interested in contemporary, singing, dancing, you know, all of that stuff. So uh, there's already that kind of thing there. And then he's very outspoken as well about being queer. So, you know, he would be kind of, I think that would work. That would fit with, you know, my kind of story. Nobody wants to know my life, so it's fine. <laughs> ah! But who would who would you want? I don't know. I really don't know because because like obviously an attractiveness level, it's all about Chris Pratt. But I don't look anything like Chris Pratt. So uh, being me and the size that I am, probably what's his face from Lord of the Rings? Tyrion. What's he called? <laughs> I I've never seen it, so I don't know. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. It's three hours and something long. I'm not sitting through that. Who's got that much time? Yes. Who who does? You know, um, but oh. no. What's he called? Elijah Wood, I reckon. Or oh, Elijah Wood. He's old. And look, yeah, right. So I got caught on the radio. Someone tweeted and they said that I looked like a recycled teenager. So basically, I just look like a much older version of a young person. I don't actually have a particular like look, which made me just go, Elijah Wood. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. Oh, my God. The thing is, you can have whoever you want. It doesn't have to actually be somebody who looks like you. That's the thing. They don't actually have to look like yeah. you. It can be anybody. That's the thing, isn't it? Right, Madonna. She'll play me. Exactly. Ex yeah, perfect. Great. Let's have Madonna. Get in there, Madge. Get a bit more fat injected in your bum. So back to, so obviously now we're going to have, um, we're going to see this whole new audience um, appreciate uh, the story of Jamie and everything. Um, like, what, what's your plans for that? Are you going to be involved in the promotion of this? Is that, is that going to take you anywhere? Well, that was the plan. <laughs> and there was a big marketing plan all sorted out. But with what's going on, we don't really 100% know what's happening yet. Um, well, yeah, I will be promoting it and stuff, but I've got my own fashion line that I'm bringing out soon. Um, <gasps> I'll be okay. much a bit more then. Okay, yeah, love perfect. that. So, what? What are you, have you got a, a name for the fashion line? It's Jamie Campbell UK at the moment. Um, just simple. Um, <laughs> but we're a gender-free fashion brand that specialises in athleisure streetwear with a fun and hey, fashion. <laughs> Amazing! I love that. I love that we get the copy as well. She's already written this out. This is your press blurb. There it is. <laughs> no, I've been wanting to do it for so long, and it's just eventually had time to do it. Uh, I'm really happy with it. I mean, yeah, I'm just excited to get out. We're doing the shoot for it next week or the week after. <gasps> it's going to be good, hopefully. So we're not talking like. This is in a year's time. We're talking like this is this is soon. Yeah, just want to tie up a few things with like production before I fully launch it because um, I just don't know what the demand's going to be. Like, I've got the option of making things bespoke, and they'll, but they'll be more expensive and tailored to the client. But uh -huh. then I'm wanting to, yeah. if the orders are big enough, hopefully I'll be able to bring the prices down and more people will be able to afford it. So that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. Well, I mean, I wouldn't worry about bringing your prices down. 
on. Oh, let one up. Vivian Westwood's never brought her prices down, has she? And it's all just made in China. So what's the problem? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and of, and of course it coincides perfectly with the, the launch of the film coming up, which I'm sure wasn't the plan at all. <laughs> It's like, cheers to your marketing, Fox. Thanks. <laughs> Coming out beforehand, but I'm hoping to do something a bit more merchy, like filmy inspired that'll be ready for that, hopefully. Great, amazing. So there's tons going on then, isn't there? We've got a film. It's absolutely We're waiting loads. for the tour, because the tour never really started, did it? So we've got the film, we've got the tour, uh, the London date's still happening. You've got a fashion line coming out. Is there anything, and then merch, and then is there anything else going on after that? Um, mm, I'm not talking about that yet, but yes, there's more projects that want to be happening. <laughs> but there's definitely a project involving my drag queen alter ego that um, I would love, yes. hopefully, to come at some point in 2021 but then we don't know what's going to be happening then and then all of the backlog i don't like from the stuff that hasn't happened yet so we'll see it's very maybe maybe won't happen but i've got a bit of a story got concept songs okay okay i'm super excited for this if people want to contact you um or, or to follow you how do they find you on instagram and twitter and what have you um instagram and twitter is at jamie and fifi Perfect. I'm sure we'll send everybody in your direction. And of course, will you come back and talk to us again, of course, after some projects have uh, have sort of unfolded and we can see how those tours have gone and get to see what the reaction's been like to the Clothesline. That'd be really cool. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. It's been really fun. We find out nothing's happened and it's all just been cancelled and we're still sat in... Ah! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still sat here. It's 2022. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, we're watching the news and we can see the stand where Boris normally is, but there's nobody there and nobody knows yeah. what's going oh, on. God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. What an absolute joy to speak to you today. It really has. Thank you. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back. Come snatch it, come take it, all yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting, you shake me down. You touch it, you taste it, come take me here and now. Try it and buy it, the top of the stack. Bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now. Take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.